Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine and sometimes beer one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more this week. We're doing something amazing. We're talking about beer and food pairing, and we have two people here to help me because my normal thing is wine. We have Chef Teddy Folkman from Bar Oak in Annapolis, a new concept that he's going to tell us all about. He's a native New Yorker. All right. I love that. I'm from neighboring Jersey. But you spend the last 15 years here in the culinary arts scene in D.C., working with James Beard awarded chefs and so much more. <laughs> and during that time, you've also represented breweries and come to really know and love the art and science of beer and food pairing. Absolutely. So you're going to school me on how to do this right. <laughs> and we'll see if it's similar <laughs> to wine and food bear- pairing, I guess. Uh, and then we can't do beer and food pairing. You've got the food, but we need the beer. Next to you, we have Dave Coleman. He is the founder of Three Stars Brewing Company, and he's worked to elevate the craft beer scene in D.C. for 15, maybe more years. That's maybe right. more years than that. Um, you're known by many as the general manager of the Big Hunt and du- DuPont Circle, where you started, I guess, an amazing beer program. Yeah, in a former life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have Three Stars Brewing. Which is just coming to Maryland. Yep, yep. That's amazing. And you guys are going to help me with your beer from Three Stars and your food, Chef Teddy, uh, learn the keys to, to beer and food pairing. Yes, we will. All right. Like plan. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. So where do we start? When we're looking at beer and food pairing, tell me a little bit about the food at Bar Oak, yeah. and let's get a sense of what the cuisine is like. Well, a lot of the food at Bar Oak, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having us on the show. Absolutely. This is so, going to be so much fun. Uh, it's, it's inspired by taverns across America and Europe, and basically, my wife and I love going into a bar and having great food. It's one of those things. Even if you're going to a fine dining restaurant, we kind of like sitting at the bar. Yes. And, and it's always easier to get in. Yep. Yeah, the bartenders, you can have great better service for the most part. You, you get true. you're almost like there's a higher percentage of a chance you're going to get better attentive service. More uh, vibrant. More vibrant, exactly. Love that. Um, and then the food, basically, we just, we, I, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate things ever. Um, I like really good ingredients and really uh, strong cooking techniques, methods, that sort of thing, taking the time, making sure each step is very important of the cooking process. But basically taking these tavern-type foods, putting a little fine-dining twist on it, whether it's in the execution or use of ingredients, and mm-hmm. then serving that up to our guests and keeping prices down, keeping everything reasonable by offering an atmosphere that isn't so um, – that doesn't have the white tablecloths and doesn't have all that sort of stuff that adds on to the expense of your dinner plate. Uh, we're just trying I to, like it. yeah. We just we just want to give you great beer, great food, and a great ambiance. So, is this what's considered a gastro pub? Technically, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean that that terminology has a lot of um, negative connotation to it these days. When it first came out, everybody was opening a gastro pub, and I right. don't think anybody really understood what a gastropub was. They kind of just jumped to call themselves something to try and fit into a category. Okay. Just like some beers try and fit into <laughs> categories. We had this, this earlier conversation. Uh, it started to become a status thing. Yeah, it did kind of, yeah, exactly, a status thing. And then when we opened Granville Moors in Northeast D.C., um, we took that concept of the gastropub 
and then but made it into more of a, a dive bar with great food. I don't know if there's a category I love for it. that. Neighborhood joint. Neighborhood joint. There's not yeah. enough of those anymore. No, I mean, everybody tries to cater to everyone. Yes. And, and also cater to themselves a lot. Um, and what we do is we try and approach food differently. We want to make sure that we instill our values and making sure that the food is you know up to our standards. And also we like to play and do a little flair. But we Got also it. to make sure that everybody, not everybody in the neighborhood, but that we really try and give people food that they want also. Mm-hmm. We can't just give them everything we want. You know, right. and so you have to try this. Even if it might be the greatest thing they've ever tried, you still have to give them a little bit of what they want. So we try and really do that at Baroque, servicing the neighborhood, being inside of the Lowe's Hotel. We also have to service tourism and the guests of the hotel as well. So playing that balance is it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun, though. Cool. Great. All right. So that gives us a good backdrop to the food. And tell us a little bit about Three Stars Brewing and what your philosophy is on making beer. So uh, Three Stars Brewing Company was a project that my partner and I, Mike McGarvey, uh, we started about seven years ago. We started this project, and we finally saw it come to market, come to fruition, if you will, uh, about two and a half years ago. So about a four and a half year lead time to get it up and running. Uh, we wanted to make great beers, uh, very outside the box, trying to innovate and use new ingredients, new techniques to create something that's different and create very unique drinking experiences. Uh, at the time, when we started the project, there were no breweries in D.C. since mm. that since that time, we've had D.C. Brow open. We've had, obviously, we opened. Uh, Atlas is open. Hellbender is open. And a bunch of Northern Virginia breweries have opened. So D.C. was kind of a kind of a wasteland as far as craft beer culture went. We had a lot of great beers from all over the U.S., but nothing, so to speak, from home. Right. And so we saw that as a void in our in our community. So we decided to try to fill that gap. And what Mike and I basically do is we try to create beers that are very unique and very different from the other things in our market. And what we want to do is we want you to experience beer in a way that you haven't experienced it before. So Mm. we don't have a bunch of flagships. We're not producing four year-round beers that are all we do. We opened with three beers at launch, uh, Southern Bell, Pandemic Porter, and our Peppercorn Saison. Yet two and a half years later, we've launched over 60 different unique beers. So we're definitely always thinking outside the box, always trying to innovate, and always trying to create something new that obviously often pairs very well with chefs and their talents. And Teddy Folkman has been a huge supporter of ours and a pioneer in this industry. Um, So it's been great to walk down this road with him. Well, I'm getting thirsty. So we're going to take a quick break here on The Sipping Point. We're going to be back with Teddy Folkman and Dave Coleman to taste the first of your beers. What's the name of it? This is the Ghost White IPA. All right. We'll be back to taste the Ghost White IPA. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and we're back with The Sipping Point. I'm so excited because with me is Chef Teddy Folkman from Baroque in Annapolis. He specializes in great food, accessible food. With mm-hmm. a gourmet flair. There you go. We won't, we won't call it a gastropub. <laughs> dead. That term is dead to me. And then next to me, I have Dave Coleman from Three Stars Brewing, a D.C.-based brewery. Indeed. One of the very first. Yes. And you guys are going to educate me on craft beer and food pairing. I know a lot of concepts about wine and food pairing, and I'm really anxious to see if there's a crossover, to see if I might know more than I think. But we were already sipping uh, something here that you call the ghost. This is our ghost white. <laughs> IPA. So this is a weeded, weeded IPA. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. This is a weeded IPA, which means we add wheat to the grist bill um, in order to kind of round out the beer a little bit. It's got a nice hop character. It's got a great nose, very citrus aroma. Um, 
pairs really well with food. Mm. Uh, it's also just perfect drinking for the summertime. Okay. This has got a, a nice hop character that's really well balanced with uh, some of the citrus notes from the hops. Really so it's not beautiful. Just string, it's not just straight uh, bitterness. It's actually got a lot more character, a lot more depth to it than your traditional IPA. I like it. And it has just that really pleasant little hoppy bitterness on the end that makes you want to eat something. There you go. Perfect so finish. to me, very food friendly. And named after my favorite term these days, ghosting. Ghosting. You know what ghosting is, right? Uh, I'm on. I'm on. Uh, no, no, so, we're on the other yeah, side. No, now. okay. Yeah. Here, yeah. Let me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pair over here with Teddy. So you know you're out drinking with your friends, mm-hmm. and you, you're you're deciding you're done. Oh, you're going to you're ghost. leaving. You're going to Irish. We call it Irish, Irish goodbyes. Exit. Yeah, Irish goodbyes. The yeah. Irish exit. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the new term is ghosting. Oh, we do. You that. don't say goodbye <laughs> to anybody. You don't say anything. You just disappear. You pay your tab. That's something else. Yeah. But ghosting, yeah, because sometimes, you know, if you're at a party, you have to say goodbye to everybody. That could take you an hour. Yeah, yeah no, you just want to leave. Just yeah. ghost. We actually, <laughs> in Cleveland, the term is called vamping. Ooh, like vamping. I'm, like, I'm about to vamp. I'm, a, I'm in a vamp out. Yeah, vamping so, uh, out. Okay, yeah, I like vamping that. Out. Yeah. All right. So, well, yeah. this is delicious. So what would you pair with this, Chef, with this ghost uh, weeded IPA? I mean, the, the flavor profile reminds me of summer. It seems like a very sessionable beer. Um, instantly, when I think of that, when I taste it, getting those citrus notes and getting those bitter characteristics, those can cleanse a palate really, really well. Okay. So when searching to do just simply pair the beer mm-hmm. with something, I would say uh, something really fatty or okay. a little on the spicy side. The sweet notes of the beer will actually, um, they're not going to remove the heat, but it'll actually tone down the heat of something. So you okay. can keep on sipping and sipping while something's hot. By the right. time it tones itself down, you'll have a little bit of a buzz, too. Okay. So it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Well, this so is very like a, similar to a wine pairing concept. So when you have spicy heat in food, you're looking for a fruitier wine, mm-hmm. even a wine with a little bit of sweetness to counteract that spice. So it sounds like it's a similar concept. Yeah, right along the um, You're matching the weight because this has some nice weight to it because of the wheat, because of the style. So you, want, you don't want a wimpy food. You want right. something with a little bit of fat. And, and some density, I guess. Yeah, if you're going to pair a beer with a food, you want them to be able to stand up to each other. Right. Uh, well, if th- th- that's your intention. I mean, there's many different ways to pair beer and food. Okay. Um, there's, in my journey through this beer and food pairing thing, um, I've come up with five okay. uh, ways. This is the simple pairing. That's what we just did right over here. Perfect. Uh, incorporation, where you actually just incorporate the beer into the cooking into process. Into the dish, yeah. Perfect. Uh, mimicking. Which is taking the flavor profile of a beer and mimicking that Bridging. with the flavor profile okay. of a dish. Say uh, something like a, a Duval, which is a strong Belgian ale. It has a, uh, a big start to it, a, a, a little bit of a citrusy middle, a buttery finish to it. Okay. So you try and create a dish that maybe like a ceviche that has that upfront tartness and then it finishes creamy. Mm. Um, then there's Love also ceviche. my favorite category, which is storytelling. Because food has a story, right. beer has a story. So it's like saying something like, you know, taking a saison that you brew in the wintertime and eating, the, you know, drink in the summertime that right. you brew from the ingredients on a farm and then make a salad with all the ingredients in the farm. Love it. Simple pairing like that. And then finally is, I guess, beer centric where the beer is the main ingredient, okay. uh, whether it's doing something like beer caviar or making like a head cheese using an IPA. And some extra, yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I did an IPA head cheese. Head it, it, cheese. It, it was almost really good. <laughs> But you I, had me before head cheese. <laughs> it was almost really good. So what do we have here? Are we switching to? Um, yeah. Yes. Now we're gonna start pairing. Love the ghost. Now let's do let's do some pairing. Okay, let's do it. So what's our second brew that we are gonna actually taste with the uh, with the dish here? 
So the beer is our peppercorn saison. This is uh, our number one stunner, so to speak. Mm. This is the one that. Um, no. Basically, this is the beer that uh, that takes care of our bills. It has the most accessibility. It has uh, a lot of characteristics that make it really open and mm. uh, and accessible for a lot of people. So it's got a really nice fruity estery nose from the yeast. Uh, combined with a little bit of earthy pepperness that we wow. get from using white, green, and pink peppercorns in it. It's delicious. So 6.5% peppercorn saison pairs well with everything. But mm. in this case, um, what it pairs the best with is going to be Teddy's smoked salmon. Okay. So I'll let Teddy talk a little bit about the smoked salmon and what that comes from. Mm-hmm. So saison with peppercorn. Yep. Okay. Um. This I, I love this beer so much. I know it's so um, good. So smokiness. Um, whenever I think of you know smoked foods, pepper uh, always helps out when you're seasoning something. Uh, but I, this one I really want to try and mimic. I know there's no smoke in the uh, alcohol, but the flavor profile of that salmon, that smoky up front, that creamy in the middle, and that really sweet finish mm. uh, works well. This is not your typical type of smoked salmon. Um, I actually. <laughs> uh, I told you. <laughs> it's it's called, uh, I do a, um, I cure it in some. I almost thought it was sausage when I first looked at it. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a maple syrup uh, or maple sugar <laughs> and salt brine. And wow. then I smoke it for about 45 minutes. Uh, but all those sugars really caramelize on the outside. And when I think of sometimes, I like to serve, with the Saison especially, I like food at room temperature. Uh. Um, it kind of just, elegance, it almost, I don't know, when I drink a Saison, I always thought. It doesn't my, compete with the beer. With it being hot or really cold, it's just it's just there. It's like you know, you eat one and you drink, and then you eat mm. and then drink. It's just a fluid. That's ridiculous. I love that. And you that know, is ridiculous salmon. That reminds me, I forgot to tell you guys, and I don't know if you guys have uh, listened to the show before, but I have a concept that I teach people when I'm doing events with wine. It works with beer too. It's called the wine sandwich. In this case, it would be a beer sandwich. So you would sip the beer all by itself. you got to understand the beer alone before you know how it is with the food. Then taste the salmon, which I'm doing now. And then go back and sip the beer again. And just try to think about how that beer changes with the food. And obviously, we've done it well. It, it, we like it even more. That's, I, I beer love, sandwich. I love, I, love that compar- <laughs> I love saying that. The beer sandwich is delicious. And, then, and in this case, what you're actually going to get on the, on the revisit when you're putting the the top part of the sandwich together, um, you're going to get a lot more of the earthiness and a lot mm. more of the pepper notes. Um, I'm not a salmon fan. I've never found a piece of salmon that I like up until about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. Which is in itself a huge achievement. So yes, thank you, Teddy, for say, opening my world a, up. Yeah, it's delicious. Opening my world up to the world of salmon because that is out of bounds to quote right. Guy Fieri. And is this cheese for our next pairing? Yeah. Okay, I don't want to jump the gun here. It's. I think a lot of people could get their kids, otherwise people that maybe say, oh, I don't need salmon. It's like uh, Brussels sprouts with the maple glaze that yeah. a lot of people are doing bacon, now, right? Bacon, Everybody yeah. likes the Brussels sprouts that way. So I think you get people... I mean, the preparation here, are you... Is it still healthy, relatively? Yeah, it's, it's basically you slice into regular pieces, like a Eight ounce portion. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you coat it in the simple sugar, and then let it sit in the refrigerator overnight, and then smoke it in the morning. It's wow. literally a twenty four hour process at most. Um, Love it, but it, it works. Yeah, it's salmon's such an easy, easy mm. thing. So. Okay, well, you know what? Hold that thought. We got to take a quick break on the sipping point. We'll be back with our third beer from Three Stars and Chef Teddy Folkman from Baroque. 
This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we're back on the sipping point. And I have with me Chef Teddy Folkman from Bar Oak. Bar Oak. I keep yes. wanting to say Baroque, yes. but it is Bar Oak. Pronounced you are in the Lowe's Annapolis Hotel. Yep. People want to get an idea of where you are. You just opened recently. Yeah, we just opened uh, March 5th. Uh, we're right on West Street, uh, okay. 126 West Street, baroakanapolis.com. Great way to reach us. Everything's on there, calendar, menus, all that stuff. Great. Perfect. And next to you, Dave Coleman from Three Stars Brewing in D.C. You just recently now distributing this beer in the state of Maryland. Absolutely. We just signed with a Legends Distribution Company, uh, or Legends LTD, I believe it's known uh, in the trade craft. Uh, We are uh, officially in Maryland. Love it. We've got great beer available. You can get a little taste of D.C. throughout the state. We uh, have a focus in Baltimore, Annapolis, Frederick, and uh, we're looking forward to a lot of partnerships. Me too. All right. So new beer, beer number three. What do we got? We have our Citra Lemon Saison. So this is a very light-bodied Saison, perfect for summertime. We actually brewed this with summertime in mind. This has uh, whole leaf citra hops, which have a really nice, Mm. based on the name, you can tell it's got a lot of citrus notes to it. And we actually add the peels of about 100 lemons directly to our fermenters. These are lemons that we peel in-house, one at a time. That's Uh, what the interns or the newbies have to do. (laughs) I wish we had interns. We're not the U.S. government, though, so no interns for us. But uh, it's a very labor-intensive process, but that's how we do our beers. We're uh, It's really elegant. You get the hops, but it's not that... More firm hop that you get in some of the other ones. Very delicate beer. Very crushable. uh, (laughs) As I I say with my friends, this is the perfect perfect patio beer, perfect golf course beer, perfect ball game beer. Uh, For me, the reason Mike and I created this was uh, we wanted something that you could drink all summer. And, you know, if you're drinking big double IPAs at 8.5%, your night's going to end really shortly. Um, Do you have this at Nat's? Yeah, we do. we do have you this do. at Nats Park. Yeah, All yeah. Right. we Look have it at Nats there. Park, and uh, we're hoping to have it at uh, Verizon Center coming soon. So, Chef, <laughs> we have this citrus lemon peel saison, really delicious, sessionable. It's got that citrus note. So, where do you go with a pairing for uh, this kind of beer? As far as this pairing, I mean, summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I just automatically think summertime, so we think to almost the story te- the storytelling type pairing. But this also works really well as far as going with the cheese. Saint okay. Andre triple cream. I mean, it's it's butter. It's yeah. it's goat butter. I don't know really. Yeah, it's goat butter. It's goat butter. It's a big stick of butter. They're gonna sue you for that. Uh, no, it's 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 just such a delicious cheese. And and my wife and I, summertime screams going out in the patio, bringing out a whack of cheese, some crackers, <laughs> a, a bottle of it. like Chardonnay or something like that. And when I think of this beer, actually, I, I think of those actually crisp white wines, more of a Sauvignon Blanc or mm-hmm. a Pinot Grigio. And just having that funky, soft, Ooh. creamy cheese with that. Or it, champagne. Or even, it's the same idea as doing a champagne pairing you know, with, with the St. Andre. With the, uh, with the yeast in here, it's very small bubbles in it. And it does kind of remind me of a champagne. Yeah. And yeah, champagne and cheese, mm. of course. But beer and cheese, it's almost like you can't, you can't have a bad pairing beer and cheese. Well, the, really? the funny thing about the beer and cheese pairing is... So when you get a cheese served to you at a restaurant, they always serve bread with it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is bread? Bread is essentially beer in a physical form rather (laughs) than in a liquid form because bread and beer are the same thing. Right. Only one's liquid and one's bread. 
Right. Um, <laughs> but wow, the, that is a quote to write down on exactly the wall. Exactly the same thing, <laughs> except, except one's right. liquid and the other is bread. But that's why. But that's why beer is inherently a better pairing with food than wine because okay. grapes are not bread. Whoa! You just said something very controversial. <laughs> let's not skip over this. Yeah. No. Let's not. Let's, let's not. talk. Let's discuss. Well, beer and wine and newer. cheese pairing is tricky. People think any wine with any cheese, and it works. It's not but it's it's not the case because you have two fermented products, which you do have here too. But wine, you know, you do like a a soft some of the soft cheeses with red wines, and you get a metallic thing going on. You really have to think through the way you're pairing. But you're saying that you think any beer with any cheese. No, no, no. I, mean, I was I, not saying that. I oh, said okay, that, and I probably you. shouldn't have. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I wasn't saying any beer with any you cheese. You just say beer is a better pairing than wine. I just think it's a more accessible pairing. I think that beer has inherently um, more accessible characteristics than wine does. You can Definitely get an attitude. Yeah. Uh, oh, an attitude for sure. And people's attitude yeah. around it for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. that's kind of the thing about beer is that it's meant for everybody and mm-hmm. wine inherently has this Oh, uh, I mystique. can find some beer geeks that are just as snooty as some wine geeks. Uh, hey, so you know I what? A lot of those you. are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons, I hate to interrupt this lively conversation where I think everybody's going to violently agree at the end, uh, but... Um, one of the reasons why I actually got into beer and food pairing uh, over 12 years ago was because I was trying to contact winemakers about mm. their wines to find out, okay, what went into this process? What were your thoughts? Right. And nobody would tell me anything. <laughs> uh, and I was talking, I was trying, you know, I, we used Bonnie Dune and a couple other places out oh, west. Yeah, and like, he's and been the, on the, the show, Randall guys, Graham. Yeah. yeah. And it was so hard. So I decided, I was like, all right, well, you know, we had this relationship with a gentleman by the name of Rob Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the owner of Allagash Brewery in, uh, oh, in yeah. Maine. He not only talked to me for about 45 minutes, but when he came down to D.C., he made it his point to meet with me. And I was just like, listen up, winemakers. You need to start reaching out to these guys. We we can't have this idea. You're losing your market segment. (laughs) (laughs) So if folks want to come out and debate whether beer or wine is the better pairing for food, check out your beers. Where should they go? Find out more about Three Stars and why Three Stars and not Five Stars. So uh, first and foremost, Three Stars Brewing Company. Based in D.C., so Three Stars is uh, based on the D.C. flag. So, yes, we know uh, we gave ourselves a C grade, uh, and we're aware of it. <laughs> but if you taste it, you'll know that it's but a But you know an unnamed product. arrow never misses, so, you know, set the bar low, right. and then you're always going <laughs> to exceed. Right. Under, under expectate and over-deliver, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anybody can come out to the brewery Thursday, Friday nights uh, from 4 to 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, we're open from 1 to 5 you can come right. out, you can do free tastings, you can buy growlers, you can buy pints, you can buy flights. Uh, Saturdays, I do tours. Me personally, as an owner, I do tours at 2 and 3 o'clock. So cool. you can get a really personalized story there. Do so you have to work two hours on Saturdays? I, act- <laughs> I actually work about five hours on Saturdays, which does blow. <laughs> um, but it's all good because it's for my people. And then what about at Bar Oak? Uh, you can check out Bar Oak. Uh, we're actually doing um, monthly beer dinners. Uh, July, we're going to be doing one with three stars. Uh, that's, you know, we're going to have that on the calendar within the next month or so. Great. Um, and then, you know, so we can always talk beer and food with any of our bartenders. Uh, I'm always there. So just come ask for me or ask for Pat behind the bar, and uh, we'd love to talk shop. Great. Yeah. And let's not forget fun. that uh, awesome event we just had where we launched oh my gosh, yes. at Bar Oak. We actually did yes. our Maryland launch on the 14th at Bar Oak. It was a huge turnout. Great Crazy time. crowd. Yeah. Awesome support. So we're really well, excited to be there. Well, hopefully I'll come join you in July. It sounds like a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. Cheers. We'll be right back on The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, The Wine Coach. 
This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and we're back with the sipping point beer. It's all beer. You're you're in heaven today, Chris. I really enjoy taping the show for you today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, that's why in general, when the show started, I wanted to be the sipping point because I do appreciate, even though wine is my primary right, and course of, studied of in passion and, and yeah. business, I do have such an appreciation for well-made craft beers, right. distilled spirits, and I love to introduce the listeners to people like Chef Folkman and Dave Coleman. Yeah. I mean, they... They're awesome. They I can were hang super with fun. Uh, I would like to go and party down in D.C. with those guys. It seemed like they'd be a pretty good time. Absolutely. And the beers were great. That is some of the best smoked salmon I've ever had. I know. I've never had anything like that. I usually don't eat smoked salmon because I, I just don't like <laughs> it at all. But that I loved. I, I, wanted to, I didn't want to be rude, but I just wanted to keep reaching over the board <laughs> and eating more and more of it because I it know. was that tasty. Well, the other thing that struck me, too, uh, we'll get back to his thoughts on beer being the most food friendly. I don't know if I can totally go with him there. But these glasses, he yeah. left us, sweetheart, these beautiful glasses. And these look like wine glasses. They do. They have a, a, a relatively long stem and the it's I think the shape of the top has something to do. It's yes. almost like a beaker like you'd find in a science lab, but just uh, right. a third of it snipped off the top and, and a wide opening. You'll see a picture of these on the winecoach.com with the information about the beers we right. tasted. But I'll get the official term and name for this kind of glass from Dave yeah. so everyone knows. But basically, um, I've seen wine glasses that look exactly like this, except the top is a little bit more curved right. than I've ever seen. And uh, thank you so much to Dave Coleman from Three Stars for the glass. I mean, I guess the idea is sort of the same uh, as it is for like a wine. You, you don't want your hand and your body heat to heat right. the they, temperature. They're stemmed. Right. It's not like a mug where you're, you yeah. know. But even a mug, you or really a, are supposed to hold it by the handle. Right, a though, pint glass. Yeah. It's not a pint glass. It's not a pint glass. It's, it really truly looks like a wine glass, just a little slightly different shape. Yeah. And uh, makes all... you seem a little fancier when drinking your craft hmm. brews. Yes. No, I find it interesting before we get to the food pairing part that Chef Folkman Teddy said that from Bar Oak he from Bar Oak that he reached out to all these winemakers and they didn't respond to him. That makes yeah. me very sad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it goes along with something you've been talking about for quite some time now about how a lot of the preconceived notions about the wine world in general are kind of true. There is a lot of uh, there a lot of snooty be, people to me, in there. The winemakers are the coolest of anybody right. you're going to talk to. You know, the uh, the winery owners, the winemakers. The closer to the vines you get, right. the better. Yeah. So I think maybe we'll have to reach out to Randall Grandma Bonnie Dune and yeah. uh, tell him to reach out to Teddy. He was a blast, Teddy. too. He was fun. Remember, he came in that snowstorm. I do Walked uphill in the snow for us. So With no shoes. We'll let him know. Five we'll miles. Know. Okay, so controversial comment made by he Mr. Did. Coleman. He dropped the bomb on you. He dropped the bomb saying he believes that beer is way more food friendly or a way better pairing. I forget the quote. <laughs> We're going to have to get that quote so I can pull the audio, transcribe it. Right. It's an interesting thought. I mean, I was with him on the fact that lots more people are comfortable with beer. Yes. They don't have as much it's anxiety as to order it. It seems a little bit more understandable. And I think it's even just they don't even pressure themselves to have to know everything about it. 
like Saison, I don't have to know everything that goes around making a beer a Saison or not. Right. I like the taste of it. It was delicious. Yeah. And the, Done. the intimidation factor, I think, has a lot to do with that. Myself, uh, you know, before I started producing this show for you, I knew squat about wine. I yeah. still, I, you know, I've learned, I like to think I've learned a thing or two uh, from doing this show with you. I've always been more of a beer guy. And the way my mind works is like if I go into a bar or a restaurant and I want to pair food with something, if I don't like what I order, whether it be wine or beer, I'm probably dropping $8 for a beer and At maybe least. 15 to 20 for a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. So a beer in that sense, financially, less risk. is less risk. Mm. Less risk, yeah. Interesting, yeah. But my mind always goes to finances because I'm broke. <laughs> broke, can't broke. go to borrow. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I disagree that it's a better pairing. I get what he's saying from a mental perspective. Yeah, well, he's a beer guy uh, and you're a yeah, wine girl. So, so. I, I think we could give him a run for his money on any pairing he comes up I'm with. I'm sure you could. Yeah. But uh, we paired wine with Taco Bell. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think did. they're both equally great dinner partners. Yeah. One of the things, you know, a couple of months ago when I was in New York and I was getting the stats on the status of the beer and wine and right. spirits What's industry, and, yeah. you know, definitely in the millennial generation, right? right the 20 yep. somethings, uh, guys are so much more slanted towards craft beer. Yeah. Women. So much more slanted towards wine, more yeah. than any other generation, uh, even though in general women are slanted more than to wine yeah. just in general. But it is striking in that millennial generation. But aside from that, people who love great, well-made wines mm-hmm. also appreciate craft beers and yeah. craft spirits. And so, you know, the conversation was... Well, the competition for you as a winery isn't necessarily the winery next door or the winery in the next state or the next country. It might be the craft brewery. Yeah. It might be the craft distillery because, you know, you're out to dinner or whatever. You're going to choose something to spend your $10 on. Right. Whatever it is. Right. Whatever it is. I'm going to find something. Right. So, uh, need to drink something. There's a lot of crossover now. (laughs) I need to drink something. Need to drink something. (laughs) (laughs) On my tombstone. (laughs) I needed to drink something. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I think we drank. Three somethings, yeah. delicious three star brewing. Teddy Folkman, uh, amazing chef. I enjoyed everything he brought, and yeah. I am excited to go to his restaurant and try out one of his beer yeah. dinners. If I had to pick one of the beers, the peppercorn saison, uh, yes, was the second one, the one we paired with the salmon. That was amazing. That was amazing. It was although the uh, the third one, the Citra lemon peel saison, uh-huh. that was very drinkable. It was. Yeah, it both was of really them, easy to, easy going down. Both so of that them one I, I could picture myself see. bringing a growler to a cookout this summer and just hanging out, and having a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go to a cookout, man. <laughs> I know that season is upon us. It's, I'm pretty uh, I'm ready. excited about I'm it. I'm ready. Let's I know. do it. I know. So as far as uh, cookouts go, if you go, why don't you email us at radio at thewinecoach.com with your questions about what wines or beers yeah. to bring to a cookout and pairings. I think that's a great topic for a future show. If I'm you have about questions about that, if you have ideas, email us at radio at thewinecoach.com. We want to have you on the show. Help us with the topics of the show. Yeah. We love our listeners. Yes, don't we? we? Do. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you want to get out and drink a beer, a spirit, a wine, I've got a suggestion. The patio is open yeah. at the Oregon at Grill. The Oregon Grill, of course. And this weather, get out, enjoy. Yeah. Um, they've got everything from an amazing wine list to 
to their own bacon-infused vodka, mm. lots of different beers to pick from on their beer list. The best brunch you'll find in Baltimore and surrounding I areas. Know. Sundays, the brunch, and then dinner in the wonderful dining room, private dining rooms for your private events, but also they have great lunches. Yep. You want to do a business lunch? Maybe it's not a two-martini lunch anymore, but the Oregon <laughs> Grill, you can call them at 410-771-0505 to make a reservation or go to the OregonGrill.com. They will hook you up. Parking is never a problem, and you're surrounded by the beauty of the Hunt Valley. It's a beautiful place. I know. Give them a call. Tell them the wine coach sent you. I will do that. All right. Cheers. This is The Sipping Point. We'll be right back.